0: Last week on uh, Strait of Africa, you and your guest, uh, guests uh, talked about uh, uh, Jean-Pierre Bemba, uh, who has been locked up uh, by the ICC. Uh, one of the first uh, casualties, uh, so to speak. Uh, 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 your reaction?
1: Everybody agreed that uh, perhaps it was a good thing to lock him up. But they also equally felt that uh, perhaps there should have been some other people involved in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Because Jean-Pierre Bemba was actually sponsored by some other major players in the region.
0: Mm. Uh, It's interesting that uh, they locked him up uh, for crimes he committed across the border in uh, the Central African Republic. And yet uh, he was uh, very, very uh, active uh, in uh, democratization of his own country, Congo. How ironic uh, is that, uh, to be locked up for crimes committed uh, uh, in a different country,
1: the buzzword, as you put it, is ironic indeed, because uh, you know he didn't only really um, operate in uh, neighboring Central African Republic, but he largely and fundamentally operated within his own country, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, you could probably find evidence, frankly, of what someone might re- you know, regard or refer to as war crimes. But in this particular case, uh, Paul, Uh, It's a question of who referred that particular case to The Hague. In this particular case, it was the government or the authorities of the Central African Republic for his uh, alleged role uh, in uh, somehow uh, foiling a military coup against the president at that time, whose name was Anje Patase, Mm -hmm. and apparently resulted In a lot of people losing life, but in particular, a lot of French lives.
0: What were your impressions of uh, maybe Jean Pierre Bemba?
1: Pierre is a sort of guy who used to be a businessman. He was not a soldier, at least not a trained soldier until, in fact. he agreed to head that movement, which was based in, in Badolite. Badolite, of course, an area where Mobutu himself came from. And Pierre uh, Bemba's father was uh, perhaps uh, uh, after Mobutu, the richest man in what was then known as Zaire. Uh, so Pierre came in, I think, uh, in a way, uh, hoping that eventually he could actually. Uh, Succeed, Roda Kavira to become president of the Democratic Republic of the Congo.
0: Maybe explain to uh, our audience uh, what it really means uh, for somebody who was very, very successful as a business person and ends up being a rebel leader, and later on being convicted for war crimes, rape, and uh, all sorts of uh, things that uh, he committed uh, in Central African Republic.
1: Uh, so Pierre felt that uh, he probably had a much greater chance of actually being the next man occupying state house in Kinshasa. And by doing that, he would even be in a much firmer position Mm. of calling the shots. Mm. Mind you, in most of Africa, including the DRC, the state is the single largest employer, the single largest contractor. And therefore, you have the power, because you control the state. Uh, If you control the state in Africa, like Kinshasa, you control the judiciary system, you control the legislature, so you control everything, perhaps even in fact the air that uh, or the oxygen that people need in order to breathe and remain alive.
0: Uh, Shaka, let's talk about uh, the big picture <coughs> here. Uh, Jean Pierre Bemba was. Uh, very successful business person. I guess he was pressured into becoming a soldier because of other people's uh, interests. Uh, there were external forces uh, that uh, were pushing him to be uh, the leader uh, of MLC. Uh, these leaders, as we speak today, and state houses enjoying, put it in context for us.
1: I think it is equally true that he was actually being uh, pressured by both the domestic and external forces. By domestic, I mean, uh, perhaps his wealth, when you look at it, uh, may stem from the fact that he had a very strong relationship with the Mobutu regime. Now, the Mobutu regime had already been toppled, replaced by Erora Desire Kabila, And so he obviously uh, found himself in a very untenable situation. And so later, he has to fight in order for him to make sure that he can, first of all, preserve... Uh, the kind of uh, socioeconomic status that uh, he had uh, and at the same time uh, he realized that uh, he was being sponsored by people who were very powerful people who were very influential uh, because after all the facts were right there on the ground they had earlier supported and sponsored a gentleman called Kabira and he had actually replaced Mobutu so he didn't see really what was there to be lost
0: would you respond to critics who say that uh, uh, the International Criminal Court is actually going after the weak? Uh, for example, uh, they exonerated uh, uh, the Kenyan president, Uhuru Kenyatta, and his vice president, uh, William Ruto. Uh, then they have the people that they have taken on, the people that uh, they have uh, actually convicted, didn't wield much power. Uh, they were already out of power. How would you uh, reconcile that too?
1: I think there is a lot of evidence to support that position. Uh, But in the case of Kenya, uh, I think what we learn here is that uh, if you are the International Criminal Court, unless you get adequate cooperation from a state that uh, where you are indicting uh, an individual, uh, you cannot have a solid case that eventually uh, can in fact uh, uh, help you get a conviction. And therefore, you could not really make a you could not make a formidable case in a court of law, where the judges would look at the evidence, would listen to uh, witnesses, and say, you know what, based on this, I think we can convict. So, the cases became very very weak.
0: shaga you brought up an interesting uh, 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 name here, uh, President Teori Museveni of Uganda. Uh, you had a, an interesting guest on your show who kept referring to Museveni as a major, major key player in the region in terms of fighting terrorism. But uh, he came short or he went ahead and said that uh, Museveni was actually uh, terrorizing uh, people in that region. I do you share the same
1: view? First of all, there are people who obviously look at him as uh, uh, a major figure uh, that is fighting terrorism in the region. For example, if you go to Somalia, we are talking about Al-Shabaab. Uganda happens to be the largest contingent in the Amisom, the African Union you know, uh, peacekeeping force. We're talking about more than 6,000 soldiers here coming from Uganda. The result says that uh, so far, Somalia probably is no longer a failed state because it now has a president, even though that president has not really secured all borders and what have you, uh, but you can characterize it perhaps as a fragile state Mm. as opposed to uh, a failed failed state. state. But there are others also who look at the manner in which he has interfered or involved himself in the affairs of neighboring countries like Rwanda like the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, and they have, able to, have been able to make their point of almost saying that this is equivalent to what you'd call state terrorism.
0: How about people who say that uh, Uganda's uh, army or the army under the leadership of Yorim 7 is a very disciplined army? Uh, for example, they, have, uh, uh, they brought a semblance of stability in South Sudan when war broke up.
1: I think that uh, it's, a, it's a mixed bag, really. Um, I don't know how for example you can call the Ugandan army a disciplined army when you are talking about how it is involved in smuggling it is involved for example uh, in uh, killing a lot of people in the city of Kisangani I don't know how for example the International Court of Jurists sincerely would have reached that verdict of saying that Uganda owes the Democratic Republic of Congo reparations amounting to 10 US billion dollars. That doesn't seem like a discipline I mean, does it seem to you?
0: How about those who say that uh, at least as far as the South Sudan is concerned, uh, Uganda has played a very, very uh, instrumental role?
1: Well, the jury is still out uh, because frankly, poor as we talk, you still have, in fact, violence going on unabated in South Sudan. The Ugandans may have gone there, and at one time, they may have probably helped to bring a sort of laru, but they did not frankly uh, address the fundamental root causes of what is going on there. And so I don't know uh, how you can call that discipline, because they were basically siding with one party called President Sarovakir Mayadit.